Cardology is now presented by Sardine, and I couldn't be more excited. You'll get to meet their founder, Soups, and some of the team later this quarter, and you'll hear a bit more about why they've caught the attention of some of the smartest fraud leaders I know throughout crypto, fintech, financial services, and e-commerce. Thanks again to Sardine for supporting this episode of Fraudology. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fraudology podcast, where we dive into the science and study of online fraud from the perspective of an e-commerce fraud fighter. I'm Carice Hendrick. Two weeks ago, you got to meet and hear from Haley Wyndham. Haley's the Financial Crimes Investigations Officer at Safe Federal Credit Union. I know that one of the biggest challenges for fraud fighters is always being able to explain the value and the impact of fighting fraud not just with your leadership, but also with the rest of the company. And oftentimes, especially right now, in the last, let's say, couple of years, we've seen victim-assisted scams skyrocket. It's just a giant hockey puck graph. And that means that your customers are being targeted by fraudsters because it may be harder for them to target your business directly. And because of that, it means that customers need to be educated more. And it seems like corporate world, so to speak, nobody's sure exactly whose job it is. And I guess I would push back and say it's everyone's job. Those of us who know better do better. So that is why I was so happy to have that conversation with Haley. And I know that several of you really enjoyed it so much that you reached out to me directly or even to Haley directly to say that and to say that it helped you think about her multi-layered plan and strategy and the program she's implemented at her credit union for a feedback loop from the people who face the customers and interact with them every day and might see a risk sign that may not make sense for an actual SAR to be filed, which suspicious activity report for AML and anti-money laundering. But it is enough to say, hmm, maybe I should let someone know in case there are other signs and signals and then they can kind of put the pieces together. So she created an unusual activity report for internally within their organization. So even if there was no transaction that occurred, a bank teller could say, or credit union teller could say, hey, this thing, you know, I've always seen this person come in by themselves. And now they came in with someone that they said was their nephew, but I'm not sure. Things like that. So that was one of the things she implemented. But I would say that while all of them are so important and have all contributed to the greater good of their credit union being able to reduce fraud that's impacting their financial institution as well as their consumers, but also to increase the trust with their members. And we know more than ever, trust is so important between consumers and any entity that they choose to do business with. I think that the one piece that I just thought was so good and really replicable to other types of companies was this idea of an internal podcast. Haley created an internal podcast for her company called The T, and T stands for Training, Education, and Awareness. And up until today, the only people who could listen to any episode of her podcast were people that are employed by the credit union that have access to the intranet and their SharePoint drive. But thanks to her amazing communications team and legal department, as well as to Haley herself, they have given permission for us to play one of the episodes that she did of the T. This episode was the first in the format that she's now moved to. 
The first few episodes that she did were interviewing different roles within the company and how they intersect with fraud and really understanding why fraud is important within the financial institution and what their department does and bringing a little more transparency rather than whatever people outside of our industry may assume that we do. And then she decided to move it so that every monthly episode would focus on a different scam that was targeting consumers and targeting members of their institution, but honestly targeting all members of all financial institutions. And one of the reasons why I wanted to play this specific podcast, one of them was that she does talk about fraudology a little bit, not just the podcast, but the idea that fraudology is the science and study of online fraud. Did I make up that definition? Maybe, but it made my day to know that it's catching on. But also because I think that it's just so good. I cannot like tell you enough. I cannot overstate how awesome this episode is. She really dives into the journey, the victim experience, the motives of the bad actors and the impact it has not just on the consumer, but also on the financial institution that the consumer uses and the retailers. So in this specific topic, it's around secret shopping scams. And to be honest, while I was familiar with the overall impact of secret shopper scams and kind of the general how they worked, I didn't even know exactly how they target victims and what they say to seem pretty believable. Thanks to this episode, I learned something too. And I just really am in awe of anyone who can produce a succinct podcast in 20 minutes that shares so much good information. As a fraud fighter, I think I struggle with believing, and it's usually true as a fraud fighter, that the details are so important. So for me, I always want to dive into those details and it's a lot more difficult for me to even have a podcast under 40 minutes. But <laughs> she really knows her audience and knows that it you know, needs to be fun and needs to be understandable, but also have those takeaways. And if you didn't listen to the second episode of my conversation with Haley two weeks ago, I mean, you can stop this now and go back and listen. But she also shared that on the specific episode, a couple of days later, she learned that an employee had gone home and heard her husband talking about an opportunity he'd been asked to consider to be a secret shopper for a very large retailer. And as she looked at the information that they provided, she was able to very quickly say, this is a scam. And if you do this, we're going to be the ones losing out on the money. They aren't actually going to pay you. And here's why. And that is just one example. I am sure there are countless examples of, you know, maybe someone who goes into their bank and starts asking questions and allows the teller to go, hmm, who is this for? What is this for? Oh, why are you doing it? And asking more questions like that and being able to help educate them that this may not be legitimate. And I think that that's so important. Back to whose job is it to educate consumers? I think that in the consumer's mind, it's all of ours, right? In the consumer's mind, well, why didn't my bank tell me? Why didn't that retailer tell me? Why didn't those things, why didn't anyone tell me about this? And unfortunately, there are some financial entities who have gone on the record to say that they believe it's the consumer's responsibility to know the risks and know better. And I, unfortunately for those companies, they have not done well in the press and the trust level is low with their customers. But it just goes to show that there are ways to do this in a way that will engage your employees, help them learn more, 
And especially when you have so many locations, I can't remember exactly how many physical locations there are of safe federal credit union. I know, I think Haley said it in one of the previous episodes, but for all of you that have multiple locations or hundreds of locations all around, whether it's the US or the EU or UK, this could be a really good idea. And that's my hope. And I think that's Haley's hope too, as we share this episode, that as you're listening to it, you think about, well, how can I do something like this, right? Maybe it is an internal podcast like this. Maybe it's a newsletter. Maybe it's a slide deck at an all hands. I don't know what that looks like for you and your company, but I think it's such a great idea. And these are the types of things that help answer the original question that I get asked so often. How can I get the rest of my company to care about fraud and scams? Through education, through explaining things, through meeting them where they're they are and speaking their language rather than expecting them to just understand what we do and why we do it and what the impact is if we don't. So with that, I'm going to let you listen in on this episode. I am really excited for you to hear it, obviously, in case you didn't get that. I have been wildly impressed with Haley's ambition to, and really it's it's not just an ambition, it's a mission to share her passion and share awareness and training and education. And she didn't wait for someone else to do it. She thought, well, why not me? I can start where I'm at. And that is inspiring to me and something that I definitely wanted to share with you all. And especially if you really enjoyed listening to her a couple of weeks ago, I know you were going to love this episode of The Tea. So once again, I want to really thank her comms and legal team for giving us the green light on sharing this. And I will be back this Thursday to share more for part two of the anatomy of account takeovers. But with that, I'm going to let you listen to this episode of The Tea, which stands for Training, Education, and Awareness. Welcome to The Tea. I'm your host, Haley Windham, the Financial Crimes Investigations Officer for Safe Federal Credit Union. The Tea is our employee-exclusive podcast where we can share our experiences, knowledge, and insights into the world of fraud schemes. We wanted to give our employees another avenue to receive fraud training, education, and awareness, providing listeners with the understanding and tools needed to remain vigilant in the fight against fraud. See you out there, fraud fighters. Hello, fraud fighters, and welcome back to another episode of The Tea. I'm so excited you've joined me and I've taken an interest in fraud prevention, of course. Today's episode is the start of a new segment that I would like to introduce titled Fraudology. It's where we can deep dive into the various scams and fraud trends that are happening and how we, as a credit union, can prepare and ultimately help protect the financial security of our members. So I'll start by explaining what fraudology is and give credit where credit is due. As you know, I'm a podcast girl, obviously, and in my playlist of podcasts, you'll find the Fraudology Podcast with Carice Hendrick. Here's what our website says about the podcast. <clears throat> If you work in online fraud prevention, chances are you've caught the bug, the bug that makes you passionate about identifying and preventing cyber criminals from getting away with stealing from your company or your clients' companies. 
Most people who have made cyber fraud their career have a perfect balance of analytical and social skills, a strong sense of justice, and the curiosity that will drive you to go down every path of information until you crack the case. Just like sociology is the study of social behavior and psychology is the study of human behavior, fraudology is the science and study of fraud. On the Fraudology Podcast, longtime online fraud expert Carice Hendrick will dive into all areas of fraudology from the perspective of a fraud fighter. And I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely caught the fraud bug. Now, let's talk about mystery shopper scams. Mystery shoppers pretend to be customers in order to evaluate the staff and appearance of a store. It's a legitimate job, but the Better Business Bureau has warned that fraudsters are using secret shopping as a way to scam shoppers. It was a Wednesday, a hot Wednesday, hotter than a venti hot white chocolate mocha from Starbucks. Yeah, you know the one that burns the roof of your mouth each time you try to take a sip. None of that iced coffee that's readily available to drink with sweet cold cream or extra caramel sauce in it. No, a hot Starbucks coffee. Gah, I could really go for a coffee right now. Anyway, it felt like any normal Wednesday, but I knew better. I knew this Wednesday was not normal. This is the day trouble walked in. Okay, I'm only kidding. This isn't a dramatic monologue from a detective or a private eye in a black and white picture film. This is real life. And this is actually what happened. So a member received a random text asking if they wanted to be a secret shopper for Walmart. The member agreed and provided their name, email, mailing address, and phone number. A week later, the member received a cashier's check for $4,890, along with these instructions on next steps. The document is titled, Survey and Research Document, Section 1, Batch C, 2020, Agent Number 2660. So it begins with, note, on receipt of this letter, kindly send in a text only, in capital letters, or an email to a number and an email address stating, quote, your name and I'd complete the task as instructed in my assignment guide, end quote, and then proceed. Your first survey assignment. One, you will be evaluating your bank in the process of cashing the check you received and also purchasing a cashier's check. Number two, shopping at Walmart stores comparing their services. There have been various reports of lapses in the management and services provided by some banks and Walmart locations in your area. Your survey is to evaluate them taking note of key points, useful information which can be highlighted and worked on to improve their services to the general public while you remain anonymous. The check of $4,890 in the envelope covers for your first assignment and you're to deduct $350 as your pay or salary for completing the task and your report should be sent to Samuel Hudson at blank email. So, doesn't sound half bad, right? You get to do a survey, get to buy some things, I guess, and you get to pocket $350. Hmm. Let's dive a little more into it, shall we? 
So the procedure in completing assignment, one, cash out the check, $4,890 at your bank instantly. And if you are unable to cash it, kindly have it deposited for 24 hours for funds to clear out. Once you have cashed out the check, you are to deduct your salary of $350. Then purchase a cashier's check of $20 at your bank, made out to Breast Cancer Research, using $10 to cover for charges, while you'd be left with $4,510. Kindly take note of vital and useful information as you step out of the bank and send a picture copy of the purchased cashier's check of Breast Cancer Research to the following numbers. Now let's stop there for a second. That sounds kind of odd, right? $20, get a check, cashier's check. Hmm. And make sure you take note. Okay, let's continue. So the Walmart survey, number two, first Walmart outlet. You'll be shopping with a total of $50 and also purchasing Walmart gift cards totaling $2,200. When you arrive at the Walmart location, you'd shop with $50 purchasing an item or items for personal use. While you get to keep the purchased items, you are also to purchase some Walmart gift cards totaling $2,200 in the denomination of $440 each. Five cards totaling $2,200. So let me explain that part. $440 each, that's an odd amount for a gift card, don't you think? That's because just how we have our thresholds and parameters for things that we're watching, so is Walmart. So $500, if they were to purchase numerous $500 gift cards, that's going to do a red flag. And Walmart's back office is going to look and they're going to say, hmm, something suspicious about this transaction. But $440, that's below that threshold. So then it goes on to say, and this is all in capital letters, if asked why you are purchasing the cards, simply state that they are gifts for loved ones. Please be advised that this, that as an evaluator, you are to be very discreet. Hmm. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Take note of vital and useful information as you step out while you send picture copies of the scratched Walmart cards to the following numbers, revealing all of its numbers. So not only are you to buy the gift cards, but then you need to scratch off the information on the back and then text a picture of those gift cards, making sure that you're revealing all numbers of the cards to these numbers. Second Walmart outlet. At the second Walmart, because we can't do all of these transactions at one, right? Because why? That's going to raise those red flags. Okay, so at the second Walmart, You'd also shop with another $50, purchasing items for personal use, and you'll get to keep those purchased items. You know why they do that? That's because if you're shopping for something and then you purchase gift cards, that's going to be less of a red flag than if you were to just go in and purchase the gift cards by themselves. So because they've shopped and they're getting something else and they're adding that to their order, it's going to take the, the red flags away so to speak. So it says, <clears throat> you'd also purchase five Walmart gift cards totaling $2,200 in denomination of five cards, $440 each. Take note, all capital letters, 
Take note of vital and useful information as you step out while you send in a picture copy of the Scratch Walmart gift cards, again to those following numbers, revealing all its numbers. Now here's the good part and the part you've been waiting on. So it says, information requested. Email me the following information after the completion of your assignment. One, on your arrival at your bank or Walmart, did you undergo any challenges? Kindly provide the address of each location. Why? Because they're scouting. They're wanting to see what exactly they can get away with, not just here at the credit union, but also at that Walmart. How was the outlook, number two, excuse me, how was the outlook or the environment of your bank slash Walmart store? How was the customer service professionalism at the location? And if possible, kindly provide the names of the tellers or cashiers. Why? Again, this is scouting. If they know that they can go to a particular branch and this particular teller didn't have any red flags or ask anything, they're going to go back to that same teller. Same thing at Walmart. If they go to Walmart on Boltman and there's not an issue of buying the gift cards and they can just seamlessly go through the line and, and meet up with, with this one particular cashier, they're going to go to her each time until it causes them to have a red flag. So as long as nobody's questioning anything, they're able to get away with this, right? So after the assessment of your report, you'd be provided with an address where you will be mailing out the purchased cashier's check and the 10 Walmart gift cards. Thank you for your cooperation. Important notice. You're entitled to a bonus of $100 if you are able to complete your first assignment within 24 hours, which will be included with your pay in your second assignment. There are some stores with the purchase limit. Kindly go ahead and purchase what is obtainable and report on the, on the restrictions. Meaning, let us know where you have issues so we won't go there. Or let us know so that we can update our instructions so that the next round of people we send won't have issues at all. It says it is mandatory that you must email your assignment report and picture of cards to the information provided below. So that's that's the, the survey, right? Sounds pretty good if, if you're needing some money. And unfortunately, people fall for this. Scammers are really good. As I've said, as I've stated before, you know. They, they research, they practice, they train, they, they go to school just like we do. They have webinars that they can pay for to teach them how to be fraudsters. Unfortunately, there's not one that I can get on to try to learn some of their tricks. I've tried, <laughs> but I don't really like plundering in the dark web. Kind of scares me. So all jokes aside, though, I want to think about our member. Let's look at this and think, if this check is to return, right, our member thinks that they've just made $350, plus they were able to get $50 at one Walmart location of personal items that they needed or wanted, another $50 at the second location, so that's an additional $100. So technically, they've made $450, but what happens if this check returns? Our member is then out $4,890. If the hold fell off and they were able to do it, or if there was no hold placed on it and they were able to simply cash the check, 
or they were able to use the funds in the next day or two, then our member ultimately is going to be out almost $5,000. So how can we protect our members? First, we need to stay up to date on the latest fraud trends and scams. Listen to the T. Read the fraud alerts on SharePoint, to name a few. We must remain vigilant for our members. You know your member. Don't be afraid to ask questions if a transaction is out of character or seems odd. Ensure the member that you aren't trying to be nosy. Instead, you're simply providing an additional level of financial security. We don't want our members to suffer a financial loss that they will ultimately be responsible for paying back. We do, however, want to protect our family. When I'm interacting with a member, I think of my Nana. She's my favorite family member. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) So I think of my Nana and, and how I would want someone to treat her. I would hope that if she were to walk in to any of our branch locations with a large check that was completely out of her ordinary banking business, I would hope that someone would ask her those additional questions and would take the time to help educate her on the possible red flags. For the record, I do educate my grandparents as much as possible, and including all my family member. I think I get on their nerves, but it's fine because hopefully my persistence and continuing to nag and educate that they won't fall for these. So that's what I'm asking you to do. Let's stay up to date. If you come across something that seems odd or weird, file a UAR. Send me a note. Let me know what's going on. What are you seeing so that I can see if there's something that we need to push out to our members to warn them or to additional, you know, send out additional education pieces. So I appreciate your time today. I appreciate your continued support, of course, in the T and with the fraud program. And thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Let me know if you have any feedback. See you out there, fraud fighters. Wasn't that episode of The Tea by Haley Windham so good? Now I hope you understand a little bit more about why I gushed and just went on and on about how good it was in the introduction. I hope that this was educational for you and helped you learn a little bit more about just one of the scams that target consumers. I know a lot of times we can be one or two steps removed from that. And I think it's always helpful to understand what a fraudster's ground game is, so to speak, when they're targeting victims for victim-assisted scams. But also I hope that it helped inspire you to think about ways that you can start to educate other areas of your company about the types of fraud that are targeting your customers as well as your company. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Please also go reach out to Haley. I will put a link to her LinkedIn in the show notes as I did a couple weeks ago in her previous episodes. Let her know how awesome this was. Also, if this was the type of episode that you'd like to hear more of or if you have any feedback about Fraudology, don't forget that the listener survey is open for one more week. I really love to get everyone's critical feedback as well as positive feedback on how we can grow and become bigger and better in 2023. I am really enjoying providing this podcast and this opportunity for you all to learn from each other. And I just want to keep going. So I would love your help in helping me know how I can do that in a better way. So with that, I am looking forward to wrapping up the second part of the episode of Anatomy of Account Takeovers on Thursday, and I will talk to you soon. 
thank you again to Sardine for sponsoring this episode of Fraudology and for supporting information sharing and collaboration across the fraud fighter ecosystem. You can learn more about the team and their mission at Sardine via the link in today's episode description. Thank you.